minor, Adnus, F9, 6, 9, A flat, sus 2, A flat major 9, uh, F sharp minor, add 9, A flat, A major 7, B flat minor 9, D13, 9, G7, 11, B flat minor 11. Oh, it's moving too fast. A flat minor 11. Oh, 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 the French. I did that one before. I'm trying to read the chord changes here to the harmonizing video and. I'm just, it's going too fast. The Orson Welles. The Orson Welles. No! Exactly. The Harmonizer video has been uh, basically the center of our lives for... For the last, like, two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> Week and a half, two weeks. I was, I actually... I'm partial to the D-flat major seven. I love myself. the A-flat sus, too. Mm. I actually was listening to it in my car. Were you? Yes, I would put the video on in the on the the auxiliary jack and just listen to it. And, that sounds great. Yeah. Well, when you're me, you're me. So, well, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good thing we're audio only, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, we're doing a podcast. Oh, oh no, the podcast. Of course. Or how you play the game, the official podcast of the Osip Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of January and the year 2019. All right. <laughs> we made it. We made it. I haven't been canceled yet. And ah, oh, the French. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to my, my good friend across the way, the producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, welcome back. How are you feeling? Yeah, all right. You getting there? Uh, yeah. Right. The sinus infection is still... Just hanging on for dear life. Hanging on yeah. for dear life. Yep. Yeah. You should probably try some of that Paul Masson French champagne. Yeah, that'll help. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, we're just, hey, we're just happy you're back because the last time I did it solo... How'd well, that work out? Well, we'll just leave it there. Okay. It's a good episode. It's just, you okay. know, when you hear when you hear I uh, honestly haven't had a chance to listen to it. Yeah, that's because you wanted to maintain your your listening. Your your ability, your sense of hearing, if right. you will. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. every time I listen to you speak, I know I just blow your I, eardrums it, out. Right. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. Technical yeah. malfunction every uh -huh. single time. Oh, that's what we're I'm risking. Yeah, I'm risking it every yeah, exactly. single time. You already have no voice. <laughs> yeah. I can I, yeah. I need to have my hearing. Exactly. Let's see. You're down one sense. You got four. If we can get all get another one gone, you'll have three left, and then I'll poke your eyes out, and you'll be down to two. Then I'll have like a sixth sense. Yeah. You already kind of have that, don't you? I do. Yeah. For I've got ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> You've got Espen? I got Espen. Espen. I actually canceled my cable. Did I tell you this? No, you didn't tell me that. Yeah, it's just too much money. Yeah. Uh, that's... I, I'm just, I have Hulu, Netflix. Yeah. Hey, that's the way of the world now. Yeah. You know? The, I, I, I say this to everybody mm. I know, uh, which is like one person. And... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Popular yeah, over here. <laughs> these these media companies, you know, the cable companies, the internet companies, mm -hmm. the phone companies, cell phone companies, yeah. and then in addition to that, you've got your banks, your car companies, your 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 airlines, mm -hmm. your mechanics. I mean, all all of these companies where they're providing a service or a good that you really can't, for the most part, do it yourself. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, it, they they really just have you by the you know what cojones uh huh and 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 they they're all terrible they yeah. they all stink right the the trick is to find the one that stinks the least for you 
Or just keep switching. Or just keep switching. If, if that's your thing. If there are at least two or three, right? You know, so that that you could keep going. Right. It depends on the situation. It depends on the person. Like I would, I wouldn't re- recommend necessarily. I know you do it, but like the car leasing doesn't doesn't help right. the majority of people. That works for right. some people. Right. But you know, well, I'm buying my next. Yeah. Car. See, and that's the thing. I'm is, I'm, you know, I'm 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 done leasing. Yeah. It's, I'll tell you though, when I had cable up in Pompton Lakes, right. back when I lived up in North Jersey. There was only Optimum. Really? Yeah, see, that's the thing is that you that's have... That's the problem. And I called them and I yeah. thought there was Verizon. And I called them. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, Not I'm going to cancel. Yeah. And they're like, okay. Exactly. Because they know. <laughs> yeah. They know that you, they have right. that. There's, there are monopolies, right. you know, um, you know, like, like, like I know Caitlin has only Comcast available to Ooh. her, you know, she, she, she is the one house on that block that does not have Verizon Fios capability because she's in an, a certain apartment that's oh, you know, it's a carriage apartment above a garage and whatnot. Right. So the rest of the block has Fios capability, but she doesn't. Mm. So that's her only option. And yeah. I mean, um, you know, places, places like these townhomes, you never, I mean, I think we're Fios capable, but I mean, Comcast is, is the better option. You know, I mean, everyone and their mother here also has satellite too. But even mm-hmm. that's like, you know, that the goes dish. in and out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's if just, it's stormy out, you just you, the the fact of the matter is, you're never going to be able to please everyone. Right. You know, so it, if you like to haggle, you haggle. I've just gotten to the point for me anyway, where it's not that I avoid conflict; it's that I understand that this is a battle that I just don't want to fight. Right. There are more important battles to fight. So people yeah. will say to me, "Well, why don't you haggle for certain prices and whatnot?" And it's like that's that's additional stress yeah. and a gamble that I just don't feel like taking yeah. anymore. I've tried we just, it. We just cut. We just cut the cord. Well, and you, know, it, you know what? And it saved us sixty bucks a month. There you go. And, you, mean, and the, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that certain people watch media or consume media these days. In completely different ways, right. you know. Some like like the older generation probably enjoys still having the 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 cable because they're always watching broadcast TV. You know, like the daytime stuff, the the, mm-hmm. the news at twelve. You know, the Price is Right, all this kind of you know. Well, I love the Price. Yeah, right. I mean, so you so, so there. I, I'm making a concession yeah. here. Like my if my if my grandmother was still alive, I know for a fact that you know when she would get up in the morning. At, you know, at 6 a.m., she goes into the into the kitchen. The TV in the kitchen gets turned on to, you know, Channel 6 ABC. And it's basically on that uh, until, I think, maybe the price is right. She might switch around between that and the view and whatever else is mm-hmm. on and whatnot. But, but I mean, and, and it's on until the 6 o'clock news. And she, that's what she does. You know, she's right. just watching that stuff. Yeah. So, so that a lot of it is also background noise. Exactly, exactly. So, for yeah. certain people, they need that. You know, right. for me, I like the ability to channel surf still. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when it's not baseball season. Because when it's baseball season, I'm, we all know what we all know, you know? where we're exactly. <laughs> and that's the other thing too going. is that depending upon what you like, like I like the MLB network. I can't get the MLB mm-hmm. network unless I have a certain package. So right. I gotta I gotta just suck it up and do it. Yeah, you know. Yep. So um, there's just and, and you know you would think that there would be 
uh, a company that would say, you know what, we're going to do pay by usage or we're going to let you pick the channels that you want and this, that, the, you know, but unfortunately the way that the carrier costs work, they'll never let it happen. They understand, you know, like look at that whole thing with the Yes Network that happened a couple of years ago. Yeah, where you, you know, t- yeah, yeah I they wanted, you were complaining. Oh about yeah, that. I mean, they wanted a certain amount of money based upon the number of subscribers, and you, you know, so it's just the whole thing is just a mess. So, but it, it is what it is, mm-hmm. you know. It almost makes you want to do an episode on sportsmanship and cable. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> we're practically doing we're, one we're now. We're basically doing it now. <laughs> so, which is completely not what we planned for. Um, did you have a good holiday season? Yes. Yes. Everything yep. good. Yeah. Family's good. Got a new. I got, got a new computer bag. Oh, here. that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So uh, that yeah, it's pretty cool. And then um, Sam got me one hundred and fifty dollars uh, worth of PlayStation points. That's a beautiful thing. Football PlayStation, you know, dollars. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So be doing that. I got the rest of the week off. There you go. I'm just kind of taking a vacation, uh, except uh, for now. Right. Although exactly. now it, I, yeah. I don't consider this work. It really isn't. Well, it's this fun. Is, yeah, exactly. This is much more fun. Yeah. That's why we do it. I mean, it's part. It's part of the gig. But when you when you find a gig that you like, yeah, it really works. Stick with it. You know. It's kind of like it's kind of like when you play music. You know? Right. Uh, yeah, I'm getting paid to play music. That's great. But it's not. Although it's work, it's not work. Excellent yeah. job, by the way, on your oh, thank album you, thank premiere. you, and a great job by you as well for the mixing. Yes, to, to I, we don't normally cross promote, but we will because we're like that. Right. Uh, You're welcome. That, <laughs> my new jazz album from the Jack Furlong Quartet entitled "Opportunity," which was mixed and mastered by Sean. Uh, is now available. Um, we are in the process of getting it up now on CD Baby for physical distribution, and mm-hmm. then you know your iTunes and Spotify, Spotify you know all those things mm-hmm. for a digital thing, you know digital distribution as well. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it gets slow this time of year because of the nature of the holidays. And we're right. like, I, like I got an email from from Apple about this podcast, just saying like you know due to the nature of of the holiday season during these this range of yeah, dates. Yeah, I got that too. You know, if you submit a podcast to be up, there might be a yeah. delay in getting it, you know, loaded and blah, you know. So we're just, it, again, it's not worth the aggravation of the the whole thing of getting up in arms over this stuff. You just yeah. accept it, you move on, it is what it is. Well, I'll tell you, so. that concert was great. Well, thank you. We had a it, lot of fun it was, doing it. You guys were awesome. We had a lot of fun. I was I was happy that I tied my bow tie myself. Looked good. Thank you. With the white ivory dinner hey, jacket. And I got a sweater out you of it. You did get a sweater. Sean, talk about being the ultimate George Costanza. Although this is more of a Jerry Seinfeld moment. <laughs> or a mixture. Larry David. A Larry I think David it's a Larry moment. David Okay. Moment. So, so now who was it again? It was John... Um, Bassist John. John McElroy. John McElroy. I'm sorry, I forgot his name. That's all right. Name. We had multiple Johns in the group, right. so. John McElroy's, I think, cousin, Mike, was wearing this really cool vintage Italian sweater. And I was waiting to use the bathroom. Right. And it was during intermission. Right. And I saw it, like, I got, I, this is, that is the coolest looking sweater. It had this really cool stitching on it. Yep. It looked like a, something out of a cartoon. Yep. But it was like lifelike. And, and you had the zippers on it that were yeah, really cool. Yeah, the really cool zippers. Yeah. And, was, and he's like, yeah. And he was telling me about how he, you know, when he used to live in Brooklyn, there was this thrift store 
and he was always wanting to get it. And he finally got it, and he's had it for for years. And um, and then he ended the story with asking me if I wanted it. He's like, do you, do you want the sweater? And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, try it on, see if it fits. So I was like, all right. I mean, I'm 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 fat, so this isn't <laughs> this might not work out. So was but, he fat? No, oh, he was tall. Okay. So it may have worked out. It, and it did because I tried it on. I'm like, it's a little snug, but it fits. Okay. And I was wearing another shirt underneath. Right. So yeah. It was hard to tell. He's like, you want it? I'm like, are you sure? I don't want to take this from you. I mean, do you want anything in return? And he's like, no, no, no. I, I just, I just want you to have it. And I'm like, are you sure you, are you sure? Take this is pen. really unorthodox. Take the pen, Jerry. Hey, take, take, take the sweater. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll take it. You were the king we of high-fived. <laughs> and we and I'm like, all right. And then so all right. I go around, I'm at, you know, and oh, and by the way, before I took the sweater, I walked around and asked everyone if they liked it. <laughs> and that was the exact thing he said. This is something it's so Seinfeldian yes. of you. And I asked Sam. Is that and the astronaut like, pen that you took? I asked Sam, and she's like, what are you doing? You're stealing this guy's clothes. I'm like, no. He insisted three times, okay? Three times he said, have it, please. It needs another owner. And so I, I felt like I was doing him a favor, You're really. You're doing me a personal favor. I felt like I was doing him a favor taking it off him and literally taking the shirt off his back. But he didn't want anything in return. I asked him, do you want money for this? Do you want what I'm wearing? Do you want me to buy you dinner? What? I mean, anything. No, I want you to have it. So I got a new sweater out of it. It was a the, great night. The sweater trumped the autograph CD and the concert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, it was really just kind of... It's a surreal night for it you. It was really weird, but... Hey, listen, I got a sweater. Yeah. It's great. Thank you, Mike. Um, it's It looks great. And uh, and I thought my dinner jacket was snug. And he's <laughs> an audio engineer. Get out. Yes. It's serendipitous. It really is weird. That's funny. Yeah. And Phil, I had him meet Phil, so yeah. we were talking for a little bit. Yep. That was great. That's that's, that's fantastic. So, it was like, I think it was a good night all around. Oh, great You know. Night. Uh, everyone who was not there, well, you're terrible people. But uh, you, <laughs> you know. missed a great time. It was, it was, especially it was. since the after party consisted of at least sixty five percent drunk Orson El- yes. Orson Orson Welles outtakes. Walk in, walk into the back room at Uno. I'm like the last one there with with you and maybe one other person. Everyone else is already there, and start applauding, and I just go, no, the French champagne. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. Did I? Uh... Yeah, there's, there's Lucy yeah. making her her cameo appearance over there. Uh, you may you may hear her. Yeah, exactly. She's looking around like what the hell's going on. For those of you just listening for the first yeah. time, one, number one, we're sorry. Yeah. And number two, Lucy's a cat. Lucy is my 16 and a half year old cat. So it's not a person no. who's meowing, because Lucy's a very human name. Yes. She's very much like her namesake, Lucille Ball. She she does kooky crazy things. Does she things. stuff chocolate in her mouth? No, I think that's a little poisonous. But for cats, yes. Yeah. But she, you know, she recently has rediscovered the tub. Ah, you know, no, the tub. <laughs> normally, normally, her routine for the last like two months has been 
She likes that spot on the couch. She's she's mm-hmm. Sheldon Coopering me is what she's doing. <laughs> the spot that I always sit in, she comes up and she's like, you're mm-hmm. in my spot. Right. And she literally, like she'll sit on my lap from time to time mm-hmm. and she'll enjoy it and I'll pet her and it's very, it's nice, it's bonding, blah, 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 blah. Then after a while, especially late at night, She'll jump down. She'll like meow at me, and I don't like. I don't know if she wants food, if she wants water. What, what she just constantly meows. I'm like, what do you want? You know, I'm trying to squeeze a little bit of extra work out of me while I'm tired, falling asleep, and she's just distracting me. So, a little some time ago, I discovered what I did was, I went and I sat on the the love seat instead of the couch. Mm-hmm. She jumped up on the couch, and then she just shut up. She just literally wanted to sit in the spot without me. And that's you all she just wants. Moved of, over. I know. I could, but you see, that's 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 too easy. It's yeah. not. She thinks that if I'm sitting on the couch, no matter where I am on the couch, it's her responsibility that's to sit really, on my lap, or she she can't share it. That's great. So she does that, and uh, now she's she's rediscovering the tub instead of the sink. Okay. Um, her, she's rediscovering the bathroom sink. Yeah. Normally okay. she likes she likes my bathroom sink. Oh. So she comes up and she'll drink out of my bathroom sink and my tub. Right. Um, and then and she's, she's like for a while she completely abandoned her blanket upstairs that mm. she wouldn't always lay on where I would brush her. She wanted this spot. Mm. But now she's uh, wow. She's a little kooky when it comes to that. Wow. You know she's here's how kooky she is now. So, you know so she used to, you know the the. Uh, Actually, right now she's looking over at, she's got this system. I have a chair next to my piano. So okay. when she wants attention sometimes, what she'll do is she's looking at the chair. She'll jump on the chair, mm-hmm. which she's, she's clawing at right now. And then she's going to jump. She's up on the chair. And then she's going to jump onto the piano. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to jump onto the ledge by the sink mm-hmm. and get into the sink. So she's, she's evaluating the situation right now. Wow. Yeah. But uh, she, what she would do at night is now, she, now she's in the piano. Uh, she would she would lay by me, and I'd, I'd pet her and whatnot. But now she she gets up. Normally, what she would do is when she's had enough, she darts out the room like she forgot to take her dry cleaning to the dry cleaners <laughs> at like three in the morning. But now she either claws at my nightstand, asking me to get up and turn the water on, or this is a new one. She gets on the pillow next to me. As you can see, she's now oh I see yeah. And she'll she'll get on the pillow next to me, and she will bat at my face until I yeah. get up. I, I have Rogie did that. I have a cut above my eye because of her. Yeah, Rogie's done that. Yeah. Yep. Rogie, of course, is your cat. Yep. Yes. Oh, she's mm-hmm. just a little fluff ball. So now you can see Lucy is now looking at the sink. So thinking, she wants water. From I, the well, sink. I don't know if she wants water from the sink. She just wants to explore. Okay. So I'm going to get up. We can keep rolling here. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh surprise! Oh yeah! You're getting down. What are the odds? I know you're meowing. Uh huh. Yeah. That's what I thought. We might have to edit some of this out, won't we? No, no. We're 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 rolling. Let's see. One, I don't want to do the work. And two, this is just entertainment right here. This is this is pure entertainment. We haven't even gotten to our topics. Wow, oh, that's... look at the gravy. Oh, yeah. Look at all that. Makes me want to throw up in my mouth a you little bit. You that anyway. There you go, hon. That's the thing about cat food. It's 
like the name sounds really appetizing, but once you peel open that, yeah, I can smell it. Yeah. It is just. Yeah. All right. All right. So, anyway, we had good Christmases. Good. Everything's great. Great, yeah. Yeah. Was there was there good sportsmanship at your Christmas dinner? You know, we didn't even really talk about politics too much. That's great. Um, we did at the end, but we were all in agreement, which is... That never happens. I know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, yeah. It was fine. Um. How about you? Uh, about the same. I mean, it's 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 tough because I'm I had three different fronts to to fight. I started at Caitlin's family, then I went to my family. That was all on Christmas Eve, and then Christmas Day I went to see my sister, who I had also seen the night prior, but then hung out Christmas Day with my sister and her in laws. So, and it's not like it's not like you're you're literally fighting three different fronts, but you're dealing with. The potential. The potential for all these different situations messiness. where... Yeah, exactly. You've got... It's it's three different scenarios. You've got, you know, a scenario of people who are one way and then people are a second way and people who are a third way. And, and at no point are people eye to eye with you, you know, and, and you're just thinking about what could go wrong and you're going through a, you know, a Rolodex of solutions. And so the important thing is we made it. And I think... You know, like one of the things we were talking about that we were going to discuss before we found this other topic that we had to look at, um, you know, the sportsmanship over the holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, doesn't matter, um, is is something that gets overlooked significantly. I mean, you had mentioned the the ceasefire in World War One, yep. was it on Christmas? Now, this is why this is such a poignant example. It was the first year of the war. Mm-hmm. I think fighting only had gone on for four or five months okay. before, before. I think it started in the summer, right, of 2014. Uh, 2014. Wow, Archduke Ferdinand <laughs> was just assassinated three, four, five years ago. Wow, um, 1914, and um, it was it was rather momentous because German, English, and French. No, fighting. The yes. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know, Does how anyone gonna, listen how to this? Gonna, how, are gonna, how are we going to make it? We're not going to make it. It's the end of the year or the beginning of the year. Yeah. Well, technically the end, but it's the end of when we're recording. When people listen to this, it'll be the beginning. Right. So they agreed for that for one day. They would stop and exchange gifts, cigars, provisions. Right. And they would help bury, they would help each other bury and have religious services for burials of people that were lost. They would go into no man's land. Right. And they would meet. And, um, you know, it speaks volumes because that was during um, a war. Right. (laughs) Thank you, Captain Obvious. And the most of the sportsmanship issues that we deal with all of pretty much or during the course of what is supposed to be friendly competitions. Right. If people can do this during a war, <laughs> um, granted it was over a hundred years ago, right? but it just shows you how much times have changed um, and how attitudes have changed. 
I mean, it's it's, it's just easy it's, enough to say that. I mean, can you imagine if something like that happened now? I mean, people it, would be it would be unheard of, right? And I mean, uh, the, the, the status of the fact that it was a war, first of all, that where people, I mean, it was we, supposed to be the war to have ended all wars, right? Exactly, the, the Great War, right? You know, I mean, we wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't even be able to comprehend that, right? Today, you know, so it was that was accepted then. Yeah, that war was part of life. You were supposed to fight for your country, et cetera. Right. And they were able to say, hey, for one day, let's not kill each other. Yeah. And they all, they, it didn't happen universally. Right. I mean, there were still small pockets of fighting, mm -hmm. but it was, but it was just in a few areas where, um, you know, where, where they didn't. But, I think it was like 60 to 70 percent of the of the European the Western Front right stopped yeah to honor this this unofficial this was unofficial truce yeah and um, if they can do that during a time of war how easy would it be to exercise good sportsmanship during the course of a little league game of a little league game or a basketball game or you know or I mean, any type of friendly competition. Right. Um, it just really kind of speaks volumes at how much of honor and integrity during those times was lost right. nowadays. I agree. I agree. So I think that's a really important issue that I think a really important example that we all sort of need to honor, I mean, sort you, of need to remember. You could translate that just to the the holiday dinners. Yeah. You know, if people can stop killing each other for a day, right? our families should have the ability to say, you know what, Let's for one day, argue. yeah, leave the politics and the religion and everything else where there's a potential conflict at the door and let's just enjoy the food and the camaraderie and the company mm -hmm. and 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 have a good Sing time. Sing some carols uh, or something. Watch some some sports. I don't know, mm -hmm. you know. We played Family Feud. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin got Ironic. me Ironic. Caitlin got me the fortieth anniversary of Family Feud. Uh I, I guess you would call it a board game, although it's not really a board game, but and you would have to, you know, you we divide into two teams and and you my, all write down. Well, no, you, you have to like you literally have a board with things on it, and like I would have to pull the things out to reveal the answers. Oh, yeah, it okay. was it was very authentic. Now, which version of the host were you? I I was. I were you was, the Richard Dawson? Version? Well, I didn't have the pinky rings. Oh, I would. You know who I was? And you weren't kissing everyone. No, I was. I'd like to. I'd, I'd like to call myself, um, the love child of. Richard Dawson, Ray Combs, Steve Harvey, and that one episode of Family Guy where Peter Griffin was uh, Richard Dawson. So not John O'Hurley? Not John O'Hurley, not Louis Anderson. Okay. God, how many yeah. hosts has that show had? A lot. A lot. Like eight? Uh, uh, that, like might, six? Yeah. Dawson, Combs, uh, O'Hurley, Anderson, Harvey. That's five. You probably had... Something else. I mean, I'm sure Wikipedia is going to tell us. Take a break oh, between yeah. uh, Combs and and Anderson and yeah and and O'Hurley. I thought it was Anderson first. Was, was it? it Anderson? First? Oh, it was. Anderson. Oh, Richard Carn, the guy from Home Improvement. Yes, was yeah. That's right. Was that who it was? Yeah. Okay, I get him confused with. Is it Richard Kind who was on Spin City? 
Um, yes. Yeah, okay. So I'm not as crazy as I think I am? No. All right. No, well, you are. I am. For okay. different reasons. Okay. I love Richard Kind. Yeah. They're all, I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> That's Karn, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but, but the point being that we were able to kind of like just put it all aside and kind of bury the hatchet. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, that's not easy. It is totally not easy. I get it. As someone, listen, as someone who differs significantly with God knows how many different quote unquote fan bases of families. Okay. I mean, geez, I just had that concert, the Rossini release concert <clears> and, <throat> and my inner turmoil was about, not the people who were there, but the people who weren't there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I had to fight battles within myself just trying to reconcile that when, you know, I went to my family uh, on Christmas Eve after going to Caitlin's family, and there was literally all of, out of my entire extended family there, two of them were at my concert. Um, uh, my mother and my girlfriend. My uncle Mark, who was at the concert, was not there. Uh, Christmas Eve, so I couldn't. I mean, it's right. kind of, but but everyone else. Look, my mother has three other siblings, and they mm. all they're all married. They all have kids. and they're all in the area. They're all in the area, and that was a big battle for me. Mm. You know, because you're looking at it like, you know, geez, you know, I've been advertising this thing since June. You know, um, what what do I have to do to get these people who say they love me and support me to show up to my concert? Right. You know. So it's just, but the did point, they at least help you with the album? Uh, some oh. did. Okay. Some, I mean, it's again, it's a, it is a, it goes beyond sportsmanship into psychology yeah. and, and, and family psychology. And plus again, point, like you, know? you had said, you sort of have to pick your battles. Right. I right. Mean, is it really something to get up in arms about? Right. Nobody's perfect. Right. You know, I mean, it's so gray. I mean, you, I mean, you could pick apart each minute situation and say, well, you know, how, you know, do I dare come down on this person for not being there? You know? And, you know, you start thinking like, well, this person has a newborn child. I don't think I can expect them to be there. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I started looking at my own situation. Like how many times was I not able to go to something that was important right. like that, you know, for what, for, even for a valid reason, mm-hmm. you know? And that was that was enough to kind of help get me over the hump from time to time. Like I remember thinking, like I felt terrible that uh, I was not able to be at the ordination of uh, one of my dear friends who was being ordained a deacon. Oh wow! In in, in the American Reformed Catholic Church, okay. where I'm a seminarian, and because they had scheduled it on the same day that I had a gig, and a gig that I could not get out of. I mean that we the date was scheduled for about a month or for a year for me mm-hmm. in advance, and they scheduled this thing maybe a month and a half in advance. Oh. And I was just like, I can't, you know, you, you want me to be at a. T- I'm sure they were forgiven. No, sure they, they totally were. They totally were. But understood. but at the same time, I felt terrible. Yeah. Because I can't be at a 10 a.m. ordination in Tom's River and then be in Ewing to start setting up for a gig by like 12 12 31. You know, mm. this ordination's going to go an hour and a half, and people are going to want to talk. And there's, a, you know, I can't just like jet out of there. You right. know, it's it's a it's a tough 
situation. But that was enough for me to at least say, like, you know what, I can, I can begin to heal and look at when other people have other things that they can't get out of, and what you know. Mm-hmm. So it's gray. It's very gray. Right. You know, but it's it's a but it there you know then there are other situations where you're like you know why didn't you show up because you didn't feel like it you know so mm-hmm. so it's if there was ever a reason to have that fourth beer here we are you know or the Paul Masson all the Paul Masson champagne. champagne yeah so but anyway I think we're we gonna call this episode the French is that what it is. I think that was already the title of one of an earlier. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I mean, it could be. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I'll have to look at it. Yeah, and I'll have to look at it. That doesn't make any stupid sense. It doesn't sense. even okay. make. I don't even. Anyway, okay. so <laughs> why don't we transition into the topic that we actually wanted to discuss today? Okay. Now that we've wasted, you know, a good thirty-seven 30 minutes. minutes. Okay, good. And great. Se- in ten seconds. Yeah. So people, I'm sure people have turned this podcast off by now. Oh yeah. All right. Here's what we want to discuss today. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've BS'd for Happy New Year, know, everyone. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, this story has gotten national attention. I've been seeing it on the news. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it last night on the news is when it jogged my memory that I had read about it and then... I forgot about it, and now it's becoming a thing, and I thought it was appropriate for us to discuss today. You've probably all heard about the story of the high school wrestler from South Jersey who was forced to cut off his... What town was that? It was... Time out. I'll give it to you. I'm pulling up a website right now. Cinnaminson? No, it was... I I think it was... It was in Atlantic County, so... Buena Regional High School okay. was was the hmm. was the high school. Hmm. Let's see if we can figure out where that is. I'm, cur- I'm just I'm curious. We're gonna bring up. Uh, it is in Buena. Okay. Ironically, and it was Buena. founded. Yeah, founded in 1971. If we look at the maps, wait, the town was founded in 19- no, the high school was founded in 1971. Uh, Buena, like- Buena, Buena Vista Township. There's a Buena Vista Township in New Jersey? In Atlantic County, yeah. Huh. So Never if we are, I'm zooming out here. It's near Vineland. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that I know. Um, I've lived, we've lived in New Jersey all our lives. Yeah. I've never heard of Buena Vista, New it's Jersey. It's just south of Williamstown and Monroe Township. And sure. Hamilton. It is west of Egg Harbor City. Okay. Um, hmm. You know, so uh, it looks to be... Uh, yeah, like so. It's south of Glassboro and yep. whatnot. Yeah, so yeah, it's down there. It's down. It's down there. So um, towards the coast, actually, right in the center of the southern part of the state. Okay. Yeah, smack dab in the center. So, the story goes that this high school wrestler named Andrew Johnson wasn't he a president? Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson was was the president. Mm-hmm. Who was Andrew Johnson? Was he he wasn't a secretary, was he? Sounds like he was. All right. Well, I'm sure that someone listening to this is yelling at me now for things that I don't know, and I apologize for that. Okay. So the story goes as following: um, a referee, an official NJSIAA wrestling referee, whose name is Alan Maloney, uh, ordered Andrew Johnson 
to either cut off his dreadlocks or forfeit the match that he was about to wrestle in. Um, the teen agreed to do so, and uh, he ended up cutting off the things, very being visibly upset. Uh, he did so in front of everybody and whatnot. The team agreed to it. No, the team did. The team, Andrew Johnson agreed. Oh, I thought to, you said. I thought you said the team. I'm sorry. I should be. I should be have better diction. Andrew Johnson agreed to cut off his dreads in front of everybody. Okay. He went on to win the match. Um. And it is gaining national attention because they are deeming it to be of a racial. Uh, situation because Andrew Johnson is black, Alan Maloney, the referee, is white. Um, there are a lot of other aspects to this story before we, we get into it that, that provide uh, information on why this story has is picked up steam. And, and before I go on, I should mention that as we discuss this, uh, the main part of our discussion here, first and foremost, is to provide information. That's the first thing we're going to do. So we're not going to take a stance on anything just yet. Mm-hmm. Anything that we're going to discuss here is merely exposition of information. And I say information because we'll give you the facts, but then that also turns into certain areas of opinion that may not be our opinions, but opinions of people that have been expressed. And so it's information it's it's important to note that because it's very easy for people to to immediately say oh these guys are being racist. These guys are talking about this and from this standpoint blah 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 blah. So we need to get out there first and foremost that what we're going to be discussing here is 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 a situation uh where we're trying to give you all the information that we have first regardless of our personal opinion. Okay? Um and, what we, and, and I just ask that people who are listening to this take that into account. You have something? Andrew Johnson was a president. He was a president? Yeah. Okay. He was impeached. Oh! In 1868 for high crimes and misdemeanors. He was the Bill Clinton of his time. And I say that not because of political affiliation, because Bill Clinton was the only other president to have impeachment proceedings begun mm-hmm. with him. And Andrew, Andrew Johnson, Johnson was the only one who was actually... Not, was I, I thought we, it was how, familiar. I, I, how could I have not known that? That's, that's Shame on you, Sean Ryan. Really? <laughs> this, it's... Oh, man. So... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's okay. So, so let's continue with just the information as we have it, okay? Um, the firestorm was set off beyond the actual situation when uh, a sports reporter from Southern New Jersey, uh, Mike Frankel, who works for Southern New Jersey Sports, I believe it is. I'll get, I'll get the, the, the quote. South New Jersey Today, Mike Frankel, sports director. He tweets out the story with the video because it, it's captured on video. The epitome of a team player. A referee wouldn't allow Andrew Johnson of uh, Buena, Vista High, or Buena High School, Buena Regional High School, to wrestle with a cover over his dreadlocks. It was either an impromptu haircut or a forfeit. Johnson chose the haircut, then won by sudden victory in overtime to help spark Buena to a win. Okay, 
Now, while some people thought of this as teamwork, there were a lot of people uh, who saw this as racist and unnecessary. Not just the incident, but the tweet as well. Okay? Um, One tweet in response to it by a woman named Sabrina Joy Stevens, who goes by the handle Real uh, S-A-B-I Joy. Um, says, quote, This is disgusting. You all watched adults force a child to choose between part of his identity and the sport he loves and praised his acquiescence to that humiliating choice as good sportsmanship. Appalling doesn't even begin to describe this whole situation or your sick praise. Frankel then responded to comments on his original tweet saying that that he's the furthest thing from a racist. Um, He also wrote that Buena coaches argued over Maloney's command. Uh, Frankel said that Johnson's coaches argued the referee's decision for several minutes until the referee started the injury time clock. Uh, He added that he's covered local sports for years and has always provided positive and fair coverage. But he says he does see that it was, quote, obviously it was uh, it was naive of me to run with the consummate team player angle. In my mind, it was just the ultimate selfless move from high school athlete. I now know I know now I miss the bigger picture. And for that, I apologize. Um. Frankel continued, quote, I understand many of you watch this video and feel strong emotions. I do too. I'd just like to remind you that I didn't cause the action. I documented the action, and my method of delivery fell short in many ways. Further, Frankel said that he has been threatened since posting all of this. To which there was a tweet in response from a Leslie Streeter, who goes by the handle at Leslie Streeter, and she says, quote, I am sorry that you were threatened. That's horrifying. But the story shouldn't be about whether you're racist. It should be that you watched a young kid be shorn like a sheep and completely missed how humiliating that likely was. Be safe and more observant. Before I go on, let me also just quote because I forgot about this. Uh, the the article I'm looking at now is from Heavy.com and is written by Ellen Santiago. So I want to make sure that I get that out there. Um, continuing on, okay, in addition to that, uh, Johnson's family spoke out and blamed Maloney. Um, they, they've hired a lawyer, Dominic uh, Speziali, Esquire of the J. Fine Law Group, uh, to speak on their behalf. Um A lot of wrestlers are now speaking out against uh, the situation. A lot of people, everyone and their mother, and I'm using that phrase as hyperbole, is blaming uh, the referee, Alan Maloney. Um, Here's a quote from Philly.com who spoke to Howie O'Neill, who was a member of the Southern Chapter of the New Jersey Wrestling Officials Association, the NJWOA, who oversees the, the the assigning of wrestling of state certified wrestling officials. And basically he was quoted as saying that Johnson quote had 90 seconds to decide what to do. Nobody made him cut his hair. It was his choice to cut the dreadlocks. Okay. Further information that as basically brought this story up. Maloney has a history 
of racism and was sanctioned for calling a fellow ref the N-word in 2016. Now, that in itself is a bit of a loaded statement because what apparently happened was that according to the research, Maloney and a fellow African-American official had some drinks and were kind of busting each other's chops. And Maloney used the N-word in a way that he thought was uh, you, you know, busting this guy's chops. The guy then shoved him down, and the consequence was that both were suspended for a year for their actions. They apologized to each other uh, and, and are on good terms with each, other's ne- each other now. Um, let's see here. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm just trying to read it. Okay. Um, in a report from the Courier Post uh, about that particular incident, Maloney claimed not to recall saying the N-word, but, quote, accepted eyewitness accounts that he did. He told the paper, quote, you know, people do make mistakes, and I apologized. I really don't think this should go any further than it's gone. Anyhow, the remark was not made to him after he told me what I said. It was pertaining to us breaking each other's stones. I didn't remember it. I was told it. I believed it and said, yo, that ain't me. That's when I called him right away, and that's when, we, when he told me we were good. Uh, let's see here. Maloney also agreed to participate in sensitivity training and an alcohol awareness program as a result of that particular incident. Um, after appeals, both of the suspensions, both for him and the other, the, the other official, were overturned. Um, Maloney also has been uh, officiating for 41 years at the high school level. 41? Yes. Wow. Uh, Many people are calling for Maloney's firing as a result of this. Uh, He has been benched or barred from matches as investigations are ongoing. Suspended? He has been suspended, basically, um, from from this while they investigate. Okay. Um, And I believe that per per rules, this is a suspension without pay. Because, remember, officials are independent contractors. So uh, they get paid for the job that they do when they do the job, specifically. Uh, when I umpire a baseball game, I sign a waiver at the game that is like a, you know, like a pay sheet. And then I get a check in the mail. Like a checkout sort of thing? Exactly. But it's done before the game is even played. Okay. Uh, because once I show up to the field, you know, as soon as one pitch is thrown, I'm entitled to the full game fee. So I do it before the game, and then a couple days later, depending upon who the school is and how they work, I get a check in the mail. So it's the same thing here in that this guy is not going to be able to officiate wrestling matches, so he will not be receiving pay since he will not be officiating. Um, There's now a petition on change.org to have him removed. Um, People are calling... Uh, calling the uh, association to have this guy fired. Uh, people are calling the NJSIAA. Um, 
basically the NJSIAA has stated that they are they have removed him from officiating and will investigate, which I think is the right move, obviously. Um, a lot of, um, let's see, North Jersey Sports has, who at the Twitter handle NJSCOM, uh, has stated, uh, instead of showing leadership, the NGSIA cites the reasons, excuses that it won't lead. All rules and protocols aside, is this the image of New Jersey high school sports that we want to project? Even if all rules are followed, is this in any way okay? And I would argue that, look, you know, as th this corporation is doing what they're supposed to do here. They've removed him from working and are investigating, and that's, that's fine, okay? Uh, you know, uh, they're trying to save face and do the right thing and investigate before they make any public statement. And people are acting out of emotion as a result of that. Right. Um, now, an important thing to note here is uh, are the rules of wrestling. Okay? I brought this up because I have access to it. Now, here's what people need to know with regard to how this works. In high school sports... High school sports rules are defined by the National Federation of High Schools, the NFHS, okay? The reason that that's important is because, contrary to what you, you might think, the rules for sports at the high school level can be significantly different than the rules at the professional level. And many people, including the coaches and players and parents who participate at, at the high school level, don't know that. The officials do. To give you an example... In Major League Baseball, in all forms of professional baseball, a balk, B-A-L-K, is a delayed dead ball. So if the pitcher does not come to a complete stop in the set position with runners on base and delivers a pitch home, that's a balk, right? It's a delayed dead ball because if the batter hits a home run on that pitch where the pitcher balked, the home run stands, and you ignore the bulk. In high school sports, a bulk is an immediate dead ball. So, and I had this happen to me this past season. If that batter hits a home run on that pitch where the pitcher balked, the home run is wiped away. Now, granted, in my situation, it was a single. It wasn't a home run, but there was a runner on first base, and, and it was during a scrimmage, thank God. Pitcher balked, and he hit, a, he hit a single. And I had to come out and be the quote-unquote bad guy and say, it's a dead ball. The runner from first is awarded second. The pitch does not count, and the, and the at-bat continues. And the coaches were saying, you got to let that play out. you got to let that play out. I said, coach, I do not have to let that play out. High school rules state that this is what, this is what I have to do. And they looked it up, and they said, you were right as most officials usually are. So I state that because what you might think about wrestling or what you might think you know about wrestling could be different, okay? So I'm currently on the, uh, the hub here for the official 2018-2019 NFHS Wrestling Rules Book. I'm looking at Rule 4, Section 2, and the six articles that fall under that category. And I quote, Article 1. During competition, all wrestlers shall be clean-shaven, 
with sideburns trimmed no lower than earlobe level and hair trimmed and well-groomed. The hair, in its natural state, shall not extend below the top of an ordinary short shirt collar in the back, and on the sides, the hair shall not extend below earlobe level. In the front, the hair shall not extend below the eyebrows. A neatly trimmed mustache that does not extend below the line of the lower lip shall be permissible. If an individual has hair longer than allowed by rule, it may be braided or rolled if it is contained in a cover so that the hair rule is satisfied. The legal hair cover shall be attached to the ear guards. A bandana is not considered a legal hair cover. The legal hair cover must be of a solid material and be non-abrasive. The wrestler opting to wear a legal hair cover must wear it to the weigh-in procedure and be checked for grooming with it on. The legal hair cover must be removed prior to the wrestler stepping on the scale to be weighed. If a referee is not present at weigh-ins, the hair cover must be checked by the meat uh, by the meat referee upon arrival at the site. I need to note here that Maloney was late to the meet. Okay? Hmm. Um, they started on time, blah, 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 blah. But he was not there during this part. So that's why this... Weigh-in? Right. That's why this occurred when it occerred. Hmm. Had he been on time, then... This could have been sorted out before ex- Exactly. Um, and before anybody jumps on, on, on him for being late, you need to understand that officials are human beings run into issues, as I'm sure you've run into many times in your life, regardless yeah. of whether or not of what you're doing. Right. You get stuck in traffic. You get stuck at work. Anything could happen. There's an accident on the highway. You know, you, all it says you can do is call the school and say, listen, I'm supposed to be officiating this match. Uh, I'm stuck in traffic on this road because there's an accident. I'm going as fast as I can. I'll get there when I get there. Here's my cell phone number in case you need to reach me, blah, 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 blah. That's all you can do. To continue upon Article 1, if an individual has facial hair, it must be covered with a face mask. All legal hair covers and face masks will be considered as special equipment. If an individual's hair is as abrasive as an unshaven face, the individual shall be required to shave the head as smooth as a face is required or wear a legal hair cover. Uh, Moving forward... Trying to see if there's anything else in these articles. Most of the other articles in this section deal with um, other healthcare and safety issues that are not addressed by due to hair. Um, if I let me see if I can pull up any. Uh, can I do this? Technology man. Here we go. 2018. Points of emphasis. Let's just see. Major aid for the spread of communicable disease. Your laptop's really breathing heavy. Yeah, there, huh? I know. Well, I know it's an old laptop. Uh, still a special equipment procedure. Yeah, I know. All right, let's close that. That's points of emphasis. Let's go to comments here. I know I'm just wasting time. No, it's okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we have anywhere to be that's true alright anyway moving on um, 
I think the only other thing I want to mention specifically about this from the standpoint of the, of a, the official, not this specific official, but from any official, not only are, do the rules differ at the national level from high school to professional, rules can also differ from state to state. And unfortunately, because of the nature of the beast, it's tough to get every official at the high school level to align properly with protocol. Um, and that's a problem. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. But, you know, as rules are, are instituted that seem slightly unorthodox, uh, it's difficult for officials to remember to enforce them or to look for them, especially when there are so few officials on the field at, at these levels. You know, uh, I was telling you the example beforehand in baseball. Now, in a Major League Baseball game, there are four umpires on the field to start, okay? We're lucky, if, you know, we, we use two at the high school level, okay? Um, there's a rule in baseball, the high school level, that coaches in the coaching box must wear helmets. Now, that's also at the major league level, but it's kind of new to, to the high school level. There are officials who I think just look the other way on it. You know, because they're like, listen, my job is to call ball strike, fair foul, safe out. I can't be policing this stuff, especially when there's only two of us on the field. Similarly, there's another rule that states all players who are not specifically supposed to be on the field must be behind a protective screen at all times. And you've got dugouts where kids are leaning over, you know, or not protected, things like that. So you're telling me as an official, if I'm behind the plate and I'm trying to watch a, you know, a pitcher and a catcher and a batter and this, that, the other, that I have to be doing this where I turn my head to both sides and make sure that kids are not outside the dugout at any time. There's two officials and there are two teams of 15 to 20 players each with three coaches. You know, it's, it's, it's impossible. It is an impossible losing battle. And further, some coaches or some, some officials just for whatever reason don't enforce some of these rules. It's tough. It is a tough thing to do. Like we have a we have a sportsmanship statement we're supposed to read during our pregame statement. I mean, there are officials who literally say, you know, you guys know the sportsmanship statement? Good. Okay, I don't have to read it. You know, and the fact of the matter is that you just you have to you have to read it for legal reasons. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. So it's I guess the issue that that has occurred here is that perhaps that maybe Andrew Johnson might have been able to get away with his his hair and his hair covering at other situations, but this particular official thought that it was in violation of a rule. It was his judgment. Now, maybe he wrestled at other competitions in other states where other officials didn't enforce it, or maybe where, you know, what he had as a head covering was okay. I mean, there are so many variables here, and I guess this is where... We, we, we begin to deviate, at least for me, from explaining facts to getting into certain opinions, is that everyone is calling this a racial situation. And I'm not here to say it's definitely not a racial situation. I'm not a wrestling official. I don't uh, know that much about the specific situation. I wasn't there. I, I, I can't 100% speak 
to every aspect of this. What I can say is that there is a possibility that this situation is not racist, that this official did what he thought he had to do in the confines of his job in order to uh, be fair. And it just blew up in his face. This guy was doing what he thought was fair. Granted, there are all these other things that could go against him here. You know, it's it's not an open and shut case. Okay? Um, all I can say is that we have to let the investigative process occur and, you know, kind of recuse ourselves from judgment until we know all the facts as best as we can. We can feel sorry for the kid. We can support the kid. We can say that this was a shame. We can, we can do all those things, okay? But to, to flat out come out right away before any investigation is concluded and say this is purely a racial thing and not understand the rules of the sport and, and whatnot, I think is doing it a disservice. Do you have any thoughts, Sean? Yeah. Um, what you were reading the the rules okay. on, on hair length. Can you bring are those up? Yes, I can get them again here. You know, it said that what Andrew Johnson was wearing a protective was he wearing like a um something to cover? He had the dreadlocks. He had a hair cover. Okay. Um the the hair cover, however, for whatever reason, did not um, satisfy the requirement in this official's judgment for uh, to allow him to wrestle. I think that's where the real question is. Yeah, because we. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna slice the, the bologna really thin, as you steal from me, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. The hairpiece would have to be examined. Right. Is it acceptable? Does it align with it not being abrasive according to the rules right. of of high school high school? High school wrestling, yes. High school wrestling. I think that's really the big issue is because with racism, you're dealing with a lot of gray area. And, you know, like you had said, you weren't there. Neither was I. And you can't for sure say one way or the other whether it was racist or not. Right. Um, you, you, you can't without all the facts in place. Um. And there has to be a process to this. There has to be an investigation. Due which, process. Which yeah. it sounds like there, there is. There is. Um, and I think the association is handling it well enough. Yes. Doing it like this. Um, 
So I think we need time before any any decision is made, whether it's his termination or you know any other legal penalty associated mm-hmm. with this. There has to be an investigation. Right. Um, now, was he the only? If I forget, was he the only official there? Yes, wrestling wrestling matches um, tend to usually have just one referee. Was usually. there a score person there? There was. There normally they you know the the, the home team or the team hosting the meet or the match has a scores table and those scores tables are usually staffed by that school so it's not an independent thing i mean they yeah. act independently but they're you know they can be students they can be teachers things like that you know just getting a small stipend or something Do they have a copy of the rule book with them um see now here's where you get into a little bit of gray area when you bring out the rule book on the field or at the match, at the meet, things like that, you begin to undermine the uh, the authority of the official. We say this... In, no, no, I mean you know, the official having a copy of the book. He probably had it, but he probably didn't have it with him. But is that would that, would that have been okay, though? See, I, I would, you would think it would be, but I would tell you practically it's not. And the reason I say that is, as a, as a baseball umpire... I am expected to it know... It doesn't the, make you look credible. Exactly. I am expected I, I to know the rules inside and out as soon as I step on that field. Right. And the minute that any coach, player, fan, anybody brings out a rule book to argue with me, that's an automatic ejection. Because you are undermining the credibility and the authority mm-hmm. of the official. Okay? And and so the same thing kind of goes here. Um are there, I'm sure that there are circumstances where you know you, you documentation is needed for certain things, especially like medical things. But I guess that know? should be dealt with later. Yeah, I guess not at the time of play. Exactly, and that's what's supposed to happen in these situations, and that's what happens in sports in general. Is that you know you see it in professional sports? Uh, look at the two minute report that occurs in the NBA that they release at, for each game. Um, you know, they release a report on all the calls made in the last two minutes, and the NBA will say either, yeah, that was a foul, or no, it wasn't a foul, we apologize. They're not going to go back and change like it. Like an auditor? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. That doesn't change the statistics, it doesn't change the outcome of the game, it doesn't change any of that, but it's just saying either, either hey, we screwed up, or no, we didn't screw up. Hmm. You know? You know, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times as an official in my career, I have blown a call, I've kicked a call, and then after the game, I examined it and I said, I got it wrong. I'm sorry. But I'm not, I can't go back and change it. Yeah. You know? Um, that can be, sometimes that's a judgment call that you kick. And sometimes it's a rules interpretation that you kick. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Yeah. You know? And you can't protest this because in New Jersey, the NJSIA does not honor protests. Hmm. So, and you can't, you can't protest. Judgment calls, you can only protest rules violations and improper uh, usage of a rule. So you're left in a sticky situation here. Yeah. But I think you said it properly, not only with the investigation, but with the investigation of the, the head covering 
Yeah. You know, and to say, okay, we need to examine this. What about this head covering did not, you know, appease the rule? And why is it that it was an issue now and not before? And we'll see what happens. Because I don't, I mean, again, you know, we're trying not to interject our feelings into this. But it's really difficult to say that it was a racial issue if there was a legitimate problem with the head cover. Right. You know, I mean, it could have been anyone, it could have been, you know, what it could have been someone who, who, who wasn't of African American descent. Right. Who had, who had long hair. Right. You know, it, 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 I mean, I'm sure there are safety reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and, and these rules here have a ton of safety things in them beyond just the scope of the sport about communicable diseases, you know, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of contact right. in this sport, you know? Right. They talk about, about uh, sanitary things all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, fingernail lengths are always uh, at ish, an, an issue, you know? So they, I mean, they have such specific guidelines based on the grooming and proper, you know, um, layout of a person and their uniform in this sport. You know, I mean, you, could you, could you make the argument that someone's going to be, is going to say, well, that's discriminatory that I can't wrestle because I have a beard. You know, the fact of the matter is no, because beards provide an unfair advantage if you rub them against someone's skin and it's abrasive and it causes them to... Or, or the person could pull the beard by accident. Right. And it could hurt. Exactly. There are so many different things that, you know, so, so it goes beyond that. You know? Who knows? Maybe Alan Maloney thought that even with the head covering, this kid was going to be at a disadvantage because the other wrestler might just pull the dreads and, and knock right. the kid down. Right. And obviously the kid, the, the opponent would be penalized for that, but that could hurt the kid. Right. You know? So, again, I don't know this for sure. I'm just kind of conjecturing. Yeah. Okay? But we have to let the, the process occur mm-hmm. before, you know, we automatically just scream racism. I'm interested in that hair, head cover. You know? Yeah. I, like, I would, be, I would be very interested to see if the NJSIAA came back and said not only was Alan Maloney in the right because of the head covering but we find issue with all of the other officials who did not let uh, uh, tell this kid he had to do something based upon the situation so yeah so that's the other thing exactly how many times was this kid allowed to wrestle before right do you know how many times that happens with you know in, in in every sport? I can't tell you how many times I enforce a rule and a coach says, "Well, the other umpires let us do this," and either that means one of two things: either the other umpires didn't do their jobs, or these coaches are trying to find uh, an advantage not available to them regularly, which happens at the high school level. It happens. They don't understand that this is about the kids. They want to they want to win. They're living vicariously through. They're high school students, and they want to and and whatnot. I mean, there are a lot of other issues that go into this. So, I would just ask that people be very careful about this before screaming racism. 
And, and that's not to say this couldn't be a racist thing. It's very we don't possible. Know we don't know. We don't know. We're jumping to conclusions based upon someone's history and and you know what we perceive to be an issue. And I'm very sorry that Andrew Johnson had to endure this. I'm very sorry that he was visibly upset over this. Um, I'm sure that it caused him some form of, of, of disturbance. And I am sorry about that. But is it not possible that the onus could be on the coaches for not properly preparing their kids the way they need to be prepared? Is it not possible? I'm not saying mm. it happened. Is that not possible? Mm. You know? I mean, that's what happens. That's how I view a lot of this stuff is that these coaches don't properly teach their kids the rules that they have to abide by. And then you say, and then you disqualify or you discipline these kids for things. They're like, I never knew that was a rule. That's not my problem as the official. That is your problem and your coach's problem for not properly educating you. I have to do my job a certain way. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, it's, it's not easy. It's not mm -hmm. easy because people just don't seem to understand they got to play by the rules. You know? I was telling you this story about what happened at Trivia last night where I had this one lady yeah. who I thought was using her phone. You know, and to look up the, look up the answers, and I, you know, I couldn't a hundred percent be sure that she was doing it, so I couldn't disqualify her or levy any sort of penalties. But you just, it just makes you wonder: why can't people just follow the rules? Why can't they just do what they're asked to do during a normal course of competition? It's a friendly competition. Why is this so difficult? I don't get it. You know. So, yeah, I just hope that people take a step back from this, you know? We're so quick in our society to scream racism, to scream discrimination, um, without looking at all sides, and it's a shame. Mm. And I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist. It exists, okay? Discrimination still exists. These are problems that will go on for a long time. However, no matter how emotionally invested we are in any particular story or situation, we have to have the ability to step back and look at it empirically and logically as best as we can. That doesn't discount our feelings. That doesn't discount our disappointment, our frustration, our and anger. you're entitled to feel a certain way. You absolutely but are. But consequences can't be levied until the necessary steps have right. been taken in, in a process. If you see Alan Maloney on the street and you want to ignore him, be my guest. You want to you want to ignore him and basically say you know or go up to him and say I think you're a terrible person you know so, I mean you probably shouldn't do that and generally didn't provoke you right. but I mean who am I to to basically stop you from doing any of that you know you want to ignore him on the street if he says hello to you you're you're entitled to do that because you you're disappointed and and feeling a lot of emotions about what you perceive this guy to have done but you cannot pass judgment on him until you know the facts of the investigation. Mm -hmm. You know? If Alan Maloney works at your at your business and you feel that you can't go into work until this guy is removed or you have to you want to you want to be moved to a different floor so you don't have to interact with them. Okay, fine. Okay? Um that's a 
I'm not telling you not to feel emotions as a result of this story. I'm telling you, you, you have to reserve judgment until the facts are clear. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's asking a lot. I'm not telling you not to be human. I'm telling you to be fair. Yeah. Which is kind of what a lot of OSIP is about. Right. You can be human, but you got to be fair. Yep. Oh, man. That took a lot out of me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Made me completely forget about the first 37 minutes of the show that we wasted. <laughs> this is... I know it wasn't a waste. No, no. I enjoyed we it. We had fun. We yeah. had fun. I hope people go back and listen to that now. Now, now that we went through oh, all I'm, of this, I'm gonna know. I'm gonna go back. Well, and you listen. have to. You're the producer engineer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to listen to all 180 um, minutes. We've we've gone this. we've gone far enough. We've I think so. Well, I'm hungry. I am too. I am too. So we should probably do this and get some lunch. Yeah, and then I got to go to the dry cleaners, Fun. like my cat did. Oh, yeah. No. Right. So. Uh, as a reminder to everyone, uh, please be sure to uh, check us out on the old internet at osipfoundation.org. You can always email the show at podcast at osipfoundation.org. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts. We'd love to read them on the show. Um, when you go to osipfoundation.org, you have the option of submitting your sportsmanship stories so that we can talk about them on the show. And we might even have you on the show. We still got some some ideas we're trying to work out and hammer out. You know, scheduling is just an issue right now, but we hope to have some interesting shows for you in the future. Um, you know, like going to our annual uh, Let's Do It at Uno yeah. show, things like that. So we got a lot of things we're trying to get done. It's just coordination of schedules. Uh, be sure to continue to uh, keep the conversation going on social media, facebook.com slash Foundation, and over on Twitter, the handle is at Foundation, and use the hashtag HowYouPlayTheGame. As always, please subscribe. Uh, please rate us with lots of stars and give us, you know, leave us a review. We always appreciate those. Um, and um, we will we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. So uh, sounds good. I hope everybody has a fantastic 2019. Uh, we want to thank you for being with us for all this time that we've been doing this. And uh, Sean, you got anything else you want to add? I'm surprised we're still here. <laughs> I think it's time to wrap this baby up, huh? No, I mean I'm surprised we've managed to. Uh, oh, to last stay for, to last this long. You know, yeah. ne- next time will be our 30th episode. Wow. What are we doing with our lives? I have no idea. Oh, man. Well, it's time <laughs> to drink. Don't drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Right. Well, everybody, until next time, other than in, oh, the French, be sure to treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by Soundspring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org. If you're interested in advertising on how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org.